Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. To cultivate a culture of entrepreneurs, you have to start early and catch kids while they're still young. That's what Lemonade Day is all about. It's a nationwide event with chapters all over the country, including Baton Rouge, that teaches kids the basics of starting their own business. And what better way to do that than with a lemonade stand? But will kids who get bit by the entrepreneurial bug today have many options in the future if they're interested in attending a state college or university? Given the current state budget crisis and the options on the table in the legislature, you have to wonder. Joining me today are two guests who can speak to these issues. First is Jordan Piazza, executive director of Lemonade Day Louisiana, which has grown steadily over the past few years and now reaches thousands of school children around the state. Jordan himself knows a thing or two about entrepreneurship. He's the business manager for the Baton Rouge office of one of the city's most successful entrepreneurial companies, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Jordan is also an entrepreneur of his own. He and his brother are getting ready to open a new restaurant that is a remake of the classic Phil's Oyster Bar that their father owned and operated here for many years. Jordan, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Also joining us today to discuss the state of public higher education and how that will impact opportunities for the next generation of entrepreneurs is Rachel Kincaid, Vice President of External Affairs for the University of Louisiana System. In that capacity, Rachel is in charge of developing and overseeing the management of a comprehensive legislative and federal relations strategy that will support the academic and research mission of the system's nine campuses, which include the University of Louisiana in Lafayette, Southeastern University in Hammond, and Louisiana Tech in Ruston. Rachel, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Well, Jordan, let's start with you, because before we get to the state of higher education in this state, we want to talk about the promise of the future generation of entrepreneurs. How does Lemonade Day really teach kids? I know it gets a lot of great publicity and there's a lot of hype, but what does it really teach children? How it works is basically it goes through the basics of of starting a business. In fact, I had a a sponsor here in town, uh, Lane McDaniel, who's with the Credit Bureau of Baton Rouge, who swears by the program. He's actually been involved since we started six years ago. And he's obviously a big financial, uh, you know, guy, and he he believes the program can be taken by an adult. It's so well laid out that an adult can take the business the uh, program and, and create their own business plan. So it teaches kids, you know, figuring out what type of business they want to be involved in, which we kind of set the set the standard here for Lemonade Stand. But how to find investors, how to find, um, you know. Um, their still location, you know, mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. given. They have to find, uh, pay back their investors. They got to make a marketing plan. How they're going to brand their their stand, 
how they're going to uh, reach the community, advertise, market. So it goes through really the basics that any business has to go through in order to be successful. And so a lot of times we get questions about, oh, where do we need to set up? Where do we do this? Where do we do that? And we tell them all, that's the beauty about being an entrepreneur. You have to figure those things out. When Raising Cane's opens up nationwide, they don't come to us and say, hey, this is where you're going to be next. We have to go find the best location. So it really is a great program that uh, – it encourages the kids to be creative. So when you're in a, in a school system, for instance, do they work on this 15-step program in, in class, or is it an extracurricular thing? So it's, it's a little bit of both. We do have some, some teachers in schools, like, for example, uh, Zachary um, School Board, you know, Scott DeVillier, the superintendent over there, has, loves the program, and so he implements it in uh, several other schools in Zachary. So we have over, I think, 3,000 students in Zachary alone that are going to participate this wow. year. So those teachers do get behind it and do teach the, the lesson plan in class. But we also have programs such as Big Buddy Program and um, Junior League in New Orleans and different organizations throughout the state that do after-school programs or even at home. You know, we understand that some parents, some kids don't have the, the mentors that, you know, lack the mentorship that other kids are fortunate to have. So we don't limit where it's at, but we um, we do have a lot of teachers that do get involved with the program. Uh, how many students across the state have you all touched with this program? So this year we will reach a total of 95,000 students since we started. In Louisiana? In, just in Louisiana. So yeah, so previously wow. we've reached 75,000. This year we've uh, reached an additional 20,000. So That's it's, huge. It's huge. It's growing every year. And my, my plan and goal is really to reach, uh, I'd love to get in, you know, figure out how to get in with the legislator and kind of make it where the state, uh, quote unquote, approves it so that we can become part of the curriculum so the teachers can get the materials in advance and add it into their lesson plan beforehand. I want to visit with Rachel for a minute because, you know, I said at the beginning, while we're looking at all these great entrepreneurial programs for kids, we have to wonder what kind of future they have in terms of higher ed in this state. And, I mean, it was a little bit facetious, but, but part serious, too, because... The state of higher education and the budget, you know, once again, the legislature always looks to higher ed to make the cuts because they're maybe constrained from from cutting in other areas. But be that as it may, it's a serious problem. How are you all dealing with it at the University of Louisiana system? I think the challenge for Louisiana is that it's very difficult to explain where Louisiana's priorities are. We are 48th in the country with respect to educational attainment. So that means that we have fewer people going to college than just about anywhere in the whole country. Wow. Wow. And we're also funding higher education in this state, not only the lowest in the South, but 48th in the nation. So we're doing a very good job of kind of closing the door <laughs> for these young MBAs that right. the lemonade stands. So it is, it's very, it's very uh, concerning to us. Um, as, as you know, LSU um, had put out a, a new study that Louisiana was going to have more jobs, non-farm jobs, than they've ever had in the history of the state. So what a great opportunity for higher education and for people in this state to have a great job and live and remain in this state. You know, just last year, the number of graduates that higher education produced was essentially a little over 39,000. The majority of those folks that graduate from Louisiana colleges and universities, not just the University of Louisiana system, uh, stay in the state. Most mm -hmm. states are trying very hard to make that happen. Just last year's group 
that stayed in the state earned wages of $861 million. We're a huge economic investment for the state. And so when I hear about the programs of National Lemonade Day, I worry about those kids that are so uh, interested in Lemonade Day, want to be the next Todd Graves, but may not have the opportunity to go to the best university that they could. They're really being cheated the way yeah. the state is running things right now. It's Do, a priority issue. And one of the criticisms that you hear a lot is that we have too many universities and your system is the most diverse of all because you've got some of the old ull schools and then the independent ones that y'all were all brought together i want you to explain that to me in a minute but are there too many and and would it make sense to close some or consolidate and form strategic alliances well the universities across the state are really doing a lot of alliances they're in, in within our system we're doing a lot of degree sharing and things like that one of the challenges for this state is 70 percent of the people who attend any college of all attend locally so if we were to close some of the universities that are in some of the parts of the state, there would be nowhere for those students to go. Not to mention we've increased tuition in this state by over 100%. So as we've backed out uh, funding for from the state, what, we do, what we've done is increase that on the families in the state. We have 30% of the families in the state that attend college are on Pell. And then you have 40% who are on federal aid or getting some type of loan. So essentially, by closing a university, essentially it would be limiting access. Now, are there more partnerships that universities could do across the state? Absolutely. It really is. But I think think the challenge for all of higher ed in the state is when you're funded at the lowest in the South, it's hard to be better. And actually, the schools are performing, outperforming essentially the funding that they're getting. So um, I'm hoping that, that... some of these policies won't really keep the future people at the, you know, the future kids of the Lemonade staying from going to school. Right. Now, now your system is, is one of three in the state, one all of, of which answer to the Board of Regents, which oversees your, there's your system, LSU, mm-hmm. and Southern. Right. What is the relationship there among the three systems and then the different campuses sure. in each system? Interestingly enough, Louisiana's system of higher education even though there's been a lot of criticism about the efficiency or lack of efficiency, Louisiana's system of higher education, the systems, the schools, the number of schools have been ranked by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce this year as the 16th most efficient system in the entire country. Ours. Given the (laughs) lack of, given the resources that the universities and the systems are getting in this state, it's shocking. That is shocking. Yeah, it's kind it of hard shocking. to fathom like that. Yeah, that doesn't Absolutely. really make sense. So, so I think the universities have done such a great job of really stepping up and being as efficient as possible. I think the state's just got to kind of look at some of the priorities. Um, you know, certainly we have uh, an increase in the budget of the last 10 years of $2 billion. Mm-hmm. The question is, where did that go? We know where it didn't go. Where did it go? And so I think that's a question for everybody who's worried about tops or worried about their increase in tuition. Ask your legislator, where did the money go? We really need to understand that. Yeah. What do you, what do you all foreseeing, you know, for students you, you were saying earlier, you know, the the cut the the funding now goes on the on the families. What type of decrease in enrollment or, you know, kids finishing school that are already in cuz I know like I've got yes, some friends nice. that they're supposed to graduate and their concern is tops going to go away, so they're trying to decide if they're going to graduate early, but I'm, some families can't, like you said, can't afford that. So, what what do y'all anticipate, you know, the the attendance to be once the, this funding starts going on responsibility to the families? Yeah, we're we're really worried about that. In fact, we've had a de- decrease of about ten thousand students. Wow. So, as tuition goes up since just this year, since or? the last uh, four years. So, as tuition goes up, that's yeah. what happens. You see it very clearly. And remember, thirty percent of the students in the state are on tops. 
which mm -hmm. means 70% are not. And we're a poor state. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, you know, I know one of the questions that we talk about at the, at the state is, you know, there's a lot of investments, investments that have been made, economic development investments, and those are, they're, those are very good for the state. But higher ed's a very good investment, too. No doubt. And so we have to have a balance of what we're doing. You know, we have to, it's, it's very difficult to talk to the students and the families who are going to be paying more on tops or they're unsure about stop, about tops that they're paying to it. The families are paying a little over a billion in tuition and fees, but we also have 2.2 billion just in corporate exemptions, just in right. corporate exemptions. Right. So we just have to have a little bit of a balance. It doesn't have to be either or, it's an yeah. and. We need both things to be successful in the state. So I think that's what we're trying to, to ask for in, in higher ed. And, and the last thing I would say is we really want to make sure that every student in this state who wants to stay and work in this state has the opportunity to do so. We don't want those economic development investments that everybody sacrificed to make for the last eight years to go to graduates at the University of Texas. Right. Absolutely. And so many of them go away. There's so much more, it seems, and this is just my impression, but that there is so much more emphasis today on entrepreneurism you know, in Louisiana, trying to cultivate an entrepreneurial community. Do you all feel that in higher ed? And, and how, how important is this in the business community, Jordan, you know, to see this emphasis on getting kids while they're young, getting them in JA or Lemonade Day, and then carrying that through the system, you know, pitch nights at universities and, and incubators and, and such? I think it's very important to, to get them involved in, you know, at a young age because if they can get excited about it at a young age, they can kind of gather some momentum to keep going throughout their grade school and high school and, and on to college, to her point. Uh, a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, kids, I would say this generation, we get so caught up with uh, extracurricular activities that don't involve being creative, don't involve being active, rather, you know, well, whether sure it's cell phones, truth, place. Huh? Yeah, so it's. And and really, it's un, you know it's a disservice to the kids if they're not if if programs like these aren't offered in order for them to uh, to have some extra learning because we know that our school systems uh, you know in different parishes aren't aren't the best in the United States either so to have an added uh, program out there that's in addition to what they're learning at schools I think is is going to be resourceful and beneficial to them for years to come because like I said you know that's what part of the program Lemonade Day we want kids to be excited about making their own money and, and part of it is realizing that you know. To her point, we are a, a poor state, so you know everything that the kids want comes with a cost, right? And right. The parents have to pay for that, so it's not free. Like, it's not like the parents are just giving money to buy these things. The parents have to work for it. So that's that's kind of how the whole program started. Is a, a girl wanted a turtle, and her dad, who was a very <laughs> successful man, said, "I'm not buying you a turtle. You have cats. You have dogs." And she's like, "Well, I'm going to get my own turtle." And she went and sold lemonade, and she bought her own turtle. And that's a great story. This is the true great story of how lemonade that's how it started in Houston, Texas. That's Love exactly that. right. And so it is. Is great and so it, and then now when kids have to stand we teach them you need to save a third for rainy days and just for whenever you have a bad day you need to spend a third or whenever you want and then give a third back to the community that supports you and makes it possible for you to afford the things that you want so i think it's i think it's very beneficial at a young age for the kids to be exposed to this whether they take it and do anything with it or not but just knowing that they can make their own money and do their own things they don't have to sit at home like some of maybe their relatives or friends are and depend on welfare or you know, not go to school. Like, even if you, you don't have to go to school to be successful. Now, obviously, we want people to go to right. college, but if for some reason some people can't afford to go to college, you can still be successful, but you, you can't sit at home and expect it to come to you. You have to go out and make it happen. You're right. It's very it's very critical to have these kind of programs for, for, for children, but also, you know, as you go through higher ed, one of the challenges with all the cuts is all these kind of programs that really make a difference 
have been cut. So the, the, the enrollment manager who helps students stay in school, who help, who um, the counselors, all those people who are really critical to the students at the higher ed level have really been cut over the last several years. I mean, $700 million is a lot of That's money to be cut from higher education. And then how, how do you reinstate the programs that have been cut? If the fun, I mean, that doesn't happen overnight, right? You really can't. I mean, at, at this level, you know, you really can't. There's no doubt about it. And I, I think one of the goals that, that both you and I have in common is that, you know, we, we're really hoping that every child in this state, regardless of whatever school they're attending or wh- whatever their address is, every zip code, they have the opportunity to go to a quality school and get a college education if they want and get a job in this state and stay in their state, in the state with their family and, and build their family. Absolutely. That's, I think, yeah. we have that goal. Well, yeah. And I heard somebody, you know, yesterday Todd was doing, Todd Grace was doing an interview for United Way and they asked him, why did you stay in Baton Rouge? And I think to her point, like, Todd's committed to the state of Louisiana. Like, Baton Rouge in Louisiana as a whole is a great community to live in. I mean, even if it's not the richest state in the country, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great place to be. And people ask me, past me, you know, do you ever want to go to Dallas? Do you ever want to go here, Texas? You know, where, where are these these bigger cities? But I think Louisiana is phenomenal, and I couldn't imagine living anywhere else in the world. So to see a, someone like Ty Graves who could go live anywhere but choosing to well, stay in Louisiana. Well, and really almost should because Dallas is – you know right. the, the food capital of the, of the world right. you know the fast food or fast casual food chain Absolutely. capital of the world and all the resources he needs are there and y'all have a big operation center there but you do call Baton Rouge your home Absolutely. and that mm-hmm. is very important yeah. on a and number we, and of levels and we pay t- taxes through the state which a lot of people thought you know it was, a, it was an avoiding taxes situation to go to, to have, be in Texas but it's not at all Todd is yeah. committed to I mean he gives we give over millions of dollars a year every year and it grows every year as sales grow back to the community so I think in Louisiana alone Baton Rouge alone we gave a million dollars back last year so it's it's very important I think it's great to, to your point that you know these kids need it they can do what they want to do here in Louisiana they don't have yeah. to go to another state to achieve their dreams and I think that's part of why Todd stays here and is committed to the state of Louisiana say hey this is a great place to be you don't have to go anywhere else in this country to achieve your dreams and live the life you want to live you can do that from here we're going to continue this discussion in a minute but I'm going to switch gears real quick and and I want to ask you each a question from what we call the checklist it's the kind of question that you probably wouldn't get on a loan application so Rachel I'll start with you employee turnover is expensive how do you retain people who work for you I've really been fortunate to have a lot of great people to work with over the years. I mean, I never consider people work for me. I think we we work, work together. together. You know, I'm, I'm all about that, the yes, team. I'm absolutely. all about the team. And, um, you know, I think if you see it any other way, you're really being short-sighted. And I'm sure you've had some challenges with cuts and all lately. Because, <laughs> because not like you can give these people <laughs> great grades every year. Oh, you know? I know. Well, that's so true. I and mean, so, that's so, so it's true. To keep, yeah, have a great so retention on, on a tight budget is impressive, very impressive. Jordan, here's one that you definitely wouldn't get on a loan application. If they made a movie about your life, who should play you? And oh, great question. What would the movie be called? <laughs> it would have to be somebody very uh, sporadic, uh, <laughs> very energetic, you know, uh, ADD, as Todd says, just kind of bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Um, you know, I, th- I feel like back when I was younger, uh, they had that uh, as a show back in probably in the 70s. Um, it's about a cab driver, I believe. Okay. Are y'all familiar with the show? It was on, I don't know the name of it. It was on Nick, I believe, Nickelodeon maybe, but it was... Taxi? Taxi, I think is what okay. it was. Yeah, and people felt like that resembled my dad in the back room. And so I'd have to say someone along Danny DeVito who's short but loud, <laughs> that's a no hair, because I'm going to be without hair in a few years. You know, somebody that's really personable and out there and, uh, um. and you know, and make sure he's seen <laughs> is, is what I'd say. And at the title of it, I don't even know, I don't even know where you'd begin with that. You're a lot cuter than Danny DeVito. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> 
Well, while we're talking about you and, and your dad, you have a very exciting entrepreneurial venture underway. You and your brother are, are reopening Phil's Oyster Bar. That's correct. Which he owned and, and operated for many years. It was a Baton Rouge classic. Tell us about your, your plan. Yeah, so, you know, my dad um, owned it for, my dad and family owned it for over 32 years, actually. It's crazy. We closed on the day that my dad bought it 32 years later. And my dad was fighting illness for years and years. He was diabetic, and he passed away in uh, November. We closed in June of 2007. He passed away six months later. Uh, And I was actually just out of college and had started to work for him, and I kind of took over the restaurant. My brother was there, but it couldn't support his family. He just started a family, so he moved out, and uh, I started. But my dad wanted me to get a college education, you know, talk about education. And it kind of became one of those things like, hey, I can't do both. I can't be a full-time general manager and go to school and ha- achieve the grades that I really should be achieving. Because I was I was getting by, but it was just getting by. Yeah. And so we uh, decided to close, and then shortly after, we passed away. And it's kind of always been in my blood. When I was a kid, I remember hearing stories all the time. You know, I was instead of being the kid that's out with their friends on the weekends in middle school, I was the kid at the register taking money. <laughs> and, it, and my brother, my Brandon Landry, who owns Walkmans, he jokes all the time. Him and my brother are best friends that his mom used to come there on the weekends and get food. And I was, you know, I had to step on a stool behind the register. And, and she came one day, and she knows me, and she's telling me her order. So I'm ringing it up, and she's like, you know, how you doing? I'm like, good. It's going to be 925, Miss Landry. And she's like, well, how's the family? It's like, they're great. It's 925. Like, I was very persistent, like, hey, you got to pay us. So it's been in my blood since yeah, I was a kid. I can tell. And I, I love it. And uh, my brother, uh, you know, he loves it too. And it was kind of a place for Baton Rouge where people, you know, we always hear from people, you could always go to lunch by yourself, and you would see somebody you know. And you didn't feel like you're alone. You go sit at a table by yourself. It was like a New Orleans style restaurant in Baton Rouge. And my dad no was that glue. No offense to Baton Rouge, but it no, was. Yeah. It was a real neighborhood. And my dad place. was that glue. And so when he died, that kind of died with a lot of his friends. You know, they they still to this day, seven years later, like we don't have anywhere to go. So my brother and I have always talked about it. You know, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer in timing is everything, right? And you don't force anything. And it's just kind of one of these, these opportunities that came to us. And Donnie Jaro called Anthony and. So I'd have a space I want you to look at, and I'm with Canes as Todd's business manager, so I was kind of in a good spot. So I kind of was like, hey, I'm not, I, you know, I, knew, I want to learn all I'm going to learn from Todd, soak it up while I can. So sure. I'm not trying to jump ship right now. And um, it turned out where it became a great deal, and we, we did some economic research, and we think it's going to be uh, very beneficial. So we plan to open actually on my dad's birthday, which is July 19th. That's the targeted day. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it's just, again, crazy how things, you know, we were sitting one day, and the contractors were like, hey, we think we'll be done, you know, early July by the 15th of the latest and we kind of just looked at each other and it was just one of those things that you know it's kind of meant to happen so we're really excited about bringing bringing it back to Baton Rouge it's going to be small uh, we're trying to make it reminiscent it's about 3200 total square feet we're trying to make it reminiscent of the original fills in government so it'll we'll, feel more like that yeah, it will because when we moved to college we lost a lot of that and and I think my dad just wasn't in a clear state of mind we, you know he had some some troubles he had to overcome from business suffering at night on government street so he was trying to make a move and he did kind of lost the, the you know the ambiance rather that that government had so we're trying to recreate that but it's tough to recreate an old time place because that place was so cool yeah but it was never it was never like put together that way it's kind of like one of those things where you just it throw stuff on the wall over yeah. the years you know <laughs> like so to try and recreate that is really tough because my dad didn't plan it to be the way it just kind of yeah. formed and so um and then also we have a new generation that hasn't seen fields it's been gone for seven That's years true. So a lot they of don't know what they missed they don't out know on, so no. we're trying to kind of make a cool turn you know mm-hmm it all together so it's wow. exciting it'll be here before we know it that's great wow. Rachel any any programs in particular within your system 
that are really unique with respect to entrepreneurs or I was even thinking restaurants, you know, um, food science programs or hospitality industry programs that y'all are particularly proud of? Yeah, actually, uh, Chef Fulce has has a program at Nickel State University. They have a, a kitchen and, and Chef Fulce I've has heard about a, this yeah, one. Chef I have is, They have a new building and, and Chef Fulce, you know, is, is personally dedicated to that, has given some personal support to the university. What an amazing opportunity for the students in that program, not only to How work is with it him. Doing? Oh, it's doing really well. Um, response. They have, the response is great. They have students from all over the world. Chef Fulce has recruited um, some outstanding chefs, not only from the United States, but other parts of the world. And so what an amazing opportunity. And so we're trying to grow a few Todd Graves down there, too. Absolutely. <laughs> and then how many business school programs are there within the system? So we've got business school programs at every institution. Um, and and we uh, uh, that's one of our key programs. And we also have a lot of uh, exceptional science programs. And, and uh, you know, across the state, we really have a great mix of STEM versus accounting versus, you know, science and computer science. So it really doesn't really matter what job you're trying to, to mm-hmm. train for or what degree you're seeking. Between our institutions, we can certainly help anyone with any of that. So, What advice would y'all give to a young entrepreneur starting out in business, in, excuse me, starting out in Baton Rouge or in South Louisiana? Um, I, you know, you- my biggest advice would be think outside the box, you know, and, and also don't, you know, a lot of times I was talk, talking for another day about some business ideas he had, and kind of we, we talked about doing something one day, and you know, I said, hey, just just know that you're going to have a lot of people that tell you it's not going to work. I mean, I'm sure Ty Graves had a thousand people telling me it's not going to work, right? It's just oh, chicken. They fingers. did. That's part of yeah, the lore. Exactly. <laughs> and so, don't be discouraged by people, other people that don't think outside the box, or that are narrow-minded. You know, that's what. That's why those people might not be entrepreneurs or might not be yeah. successful. They don't just because someone doesn't agree with your opinion doesn't mean it's wrong. And so you know, I think a lot of people get these ideas and then they go pitch it and they get discouraged uh, because they don't get the feedback that they're hoping. But it doesn't mean that it's not it's a fail, you know. So I would say that you know, keep keep um, when you find something you want to do, kind of you know, keep at it and don't give up and don't let other people you know bring you down because uh, like I said, you know, Todd is a prime example. The, the Walk Ones guys are a prime example. They were told it wouldn't work and now they're growing, you know, crazy fast as well. So I think I think you know the biggest thing is just not to get discouraged and. You know, don't let adversity keep you from achieving your dreams. Very good advice. What about you, Rachel? Well, well, and actually, you know, I, I think I think one of the things is, uh, you know, I'm hoping that kind of a different take on that question is I'm really hoping that that we can get some more support from the legislators to make sure that we have more Todd Graves across the state. Mm-hmm. We want to have tons of those folks. And so, you know, we want everybody to have that opportunity to be successful and walk-ons. I mean, what an amazing story that is, too. And I think there are a lot more students in this state that are the future Todd Graves. Absolutely. The future, and we want to make sure that they've got that chance. I agree. You know, what an amazing story. Yeah. Well, y'all, believe it or not, we're out of time. It's hard to believe, but with so many areas lacking in our public schools and even some of our private schools, it's good to know that programs like Lemonade Day are picking up the slack and training students today to be entrepreneurs tomorrow. Hopefully, um, there will continue to be opportunities for them to study and train here in the state system of colleges and universities. So Jordan Piazza and Rachel Kincaid, thank y'all both so much for joining us today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having us. Thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Jordan Piazza, Executive Director of Lemonade Day Louisiana, and Rachel Kincaid, Executive Vice President for the University of Louisiana System. 
You can find out more about Lemonade Day Louisiana and the University of Louisiana system by following the links on our website, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show is recorded by Mitch Cry. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. Our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's latest album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for it's batonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base joneswalker.com and by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area providing personal and commercial banking treasury management and wealth solution services to help clients succeed Business First Bank banking with greater momentum 